13 years ago, 13 years ago uh, today was one of the happiest days of my life. If you're trying to do the math, uh, it was 2005 and we were in the wake of Katrina. And the lights came back on. I still remember those days after the hurricane or leading up to it. And I wasn't so much worried about the rain. I wasn't so much worried about the wind because I was young. We didn't worry about the house and all that kind of stuff. I was more worried about the air condition. That was the thing I was most worried about with the power going out is that it's going to be hot. And it's going to be hot for a while. I still remember going through all of the storm and thinking like every second that we had air conditioning, just appreciating it more and more and more and more. And then the lights went out. And when the lights went out, I was like, all right, let's buckle up. It's going to be a rough couple of days. What we would do in the morning was work, clean up, do whatever we had to do. In the evening, you basically try to make yourself so tired that you didn't care about the heat when you went to sleep at night. To try and get you two or three hours because I'm spoiled uh, and we like to keep our air conditioner on hang meat at my house. But as we've gone through this whole time, I still remember one day there was a moment four days after Katrina and we're running around trying to charge up freezers and making sure people don't lose everything. Um, we just kind of said, let it go and we're just going to cook and eat like kings for a few days. But I still remember throughout the course of that week, running around, doing all these things, working in the yard, cleaning up. There was, this, there was a moment, there was a glimmer in the middle of that week that the lights came on for about 20 minutes. And I remember whenever they came on, every light in the house came on because we had been walking in and trying to put the light on and not taking the switch back off, right? Every light just like, boom, it illuminates everything. And it was like, what? Yes, it's back. We got all excited. We went crank every air condition. I was putting lights on that I didn't even know we had, right? I'm flipping every switch I can just to celebrate that the lights are back on for 20 minutes. And then it went back out again. And I remember the depressing feeling that all the lights were off again. And it was another hot night of sleep. This is going to be rough. Right now, I think our church is in a spot of a cloud of darkness. If, if you just look at the news, if you look at a Facebook feed, whatever, right now it's not the best time in the church with the last month or so of news that seems to continue to come out. Old wounds coming to the surface. And for us, sometimes it can feel like, man, it's just depressing and oppressive. And it sucks. And it's hot. <laughs> and it's dark. And it's not fun. It's not easy right now to be a Catholic and to want to live that. But if we look at the history of the church, there's been a lot of times throughout the church's history that there's been just this darkness that kind of descends on the church that it doesn't look like there's hope. It doesn't look like there's another thing that we can do. It cannot get worse than this. But some way, the Lord lifts up in those darkest of moments, those sparks of light, those little glimmers of hope, that 20 minutes, if you will, 
just to remind us that he's still driving the ship. Like if we look back at our church, like from its founding, Jesus gets killed. And if we go from the early church, like the apostles are martyred. Their, their followers are martyred. Their followers are martyred until the, like Catholicism becomes legal in the, Roman, in the Roman world. And all of a sudden, people got comfortable. And whenever a group gets really comfortable, what happens is, is a lot of times corruption kind of seeps in. And what happened was is people stopped praying. They started worrying about, more, about political status in the early church than they cared about anything with spirituality, with being a disciple of the Lord, with following God with their whole being. And about 500 years after Christ, there was a man who was raised up as a light in a dark world, in a dark space for the church. We know him. He was in this little town in Italy called Nursia. We know him as St. Benedict. He's the father of modern monasticism. To this day, 1,500 years later, on the North Shore in Covington, that's where like Abbot Justin is, they're Benedictine monks who still follow his rule of life, who still follow what he started 1,500 years ago as a response to the darkness of his time. And there was that glimmer of hope, that light, that kind of shined and propelled the church forward. So we fast forward. There's a renewal. There's a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The church continues and grows and strengthens until about 1,000, another 500 years. And in about 1,000, during this course of time, like, the church kind of had this split. There was this kind of tension between the church in Rome and the church in Constantinople. It's modern-day Turkey. Like, there was this split of the east and the west. And they were going back and forth. And petty stuff and corruption found its way in and drove a wedge that separated the church. And for the first time ever, for the first time in a thousand years, the word Christian didn't mean Catholic. There was a split. Like one of the fruits of the devil, of all the things that he does, one of the first things he tries to do whenever he wants to attack somebody is he isolates. He divides. There's a split in the church. East and west. But around that time, God does the same thing. He calls a spark of light that's going to change the way in which the church operates. This time it's not in a little town called Nursia. This time it's in a little town called Assisi. The man's name is Francis. To this day, there are more books written about Francis than there are about anybody else in human history. More books than Jesus himself are written about Francis. If we think about that, there's a radical holiness that Francis goes back to. There's a renewed outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a sense of service, a sense of connection with the poor. Another light that that the Lord gives us, a spark of light that he shows us in a dark world. And it propels the church forward again. A new outpouring of grace starts with one man in a small little podunk town in Italy called Assisi. The mendicant orders are born. 
the Franciscans, the Dominicans, the spread of the gospel happens again with a new zeal. As the pattern goes, 500 years again, we fast forward. Again, what happens? We get comfortable at a certain point. Corruption finds its way into the church. And a man named Martin Luther nails a list of 95 things that he sees is wrong with the church to the cathedral door in his hometown. And all of a sudden, the Protestant Reformation begins. In 1517, the Protestant Reformation begins, and what happens is that same divide, that same division that happened in 1000, around 1000, now happens again for the second time, there's another split. And since then, there's been 30,000 denominations that have been founded, and more are popping up each day. But, again, the devil likes to divide us. But what does the Lord do? What does God do in a time that's more dark than ever seen before? In a time that's just splitting and pulling people away from the church quicker and faster than ever happened before? What does he do? Another spark. Another saint. Another man of holiness. At the time that Martin Luther nailed those 95 lines, those 95 theses to the door of the cathedral, St. Ignatius of Loyola was 26 years old and about to go through a conversion that would change the face of the world and its expression of the Catholic faith. St. Ignatius, by learning how to discern, by being injured in a battle and giving himself to God, comes up with a whole new approach to how to spread the gospel. Today, we know his group as the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus. And the gospel has reached every corner of the world because of one man's radical holiness and one man's yes from a little town in Spain called Aspezia. Does it make sense that 500 years now later, after that, that we find ourselves in a dark time. That 500 years again, we find ourselves in a space where we, we need some renewal. Now I think the darkness that's kind of found its way today into the church, I don't think that light is going to be found, quite honestly, through the priest. I don't think that light is going to be found through bishops or deacons or anybody up here in the sanctuary. I think this light is going to come from the pews. And if that light could come from the pew in Assisi or Nursia or Aspetia, these little towns that no one knew about that didn't even know where they were on the map, why can't it come from Gaines? Why can't that same light today that the church needs, the church desires, the church wants come from the pew in Gaines, Louisiana? A town that not many people know exists. <laughs> one road in, one road out, <laughs> right? Why is it that the church, uh, we need, like right now, we as a church need not We need holiness in the bishops, absolutely. We need holiness in the priests, absolutely. We need holiness in the deacons and all those who serve and work in the church, absolutely. But quite honestly, what's going to change the world around us is having lay faithful who are out in the world 
who are willing to live their life as that light, as that spark of holiness that cannot be ignored in a dark world. Now, how do we do it? Like, if that's the call, how do we make that happen? Today, in our second reading, St. James says, Be not only hearers of the word, but doers. Like, the word that we hear every Sunday at Mass, the word that we read in our Bible, that's available to us at any time, does it change how we act? Does it change what we do on a daily basis? Does it govern our life and change us? Or are we just hearers? Benedict wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't that special. He was a normal guy who heard a word and acted on it. Francis, same thing. He heard the Lord say, rebuild my church, and he did. Ignatius, same thing. He was able to hear and understand God's word and plan for him, and he followed it. For each of us today, are we hearers of the word only, or are we also doers? Like when we hear the word, love your neighbor as yourself, is that just a good idea, or do we follow it? Because in thought, it seems easy, but in reality, it's hard. When we hear the words of our Blessed Mother, let it be done unto me according to your will, God. Do we just hear it? Oh, that was a good idea. That was a good sentiment. Or do we let that be our prayer? When we hear the words at Mass, this is my body given up for you, do we follow Jesus' example of sacrifice for the other? Or is it just, okay, that's good. You're over there and I'm over here. And Jesus did that one time, but it doesn't change me. Each of us are called in a particular way today to be saints. Like each of us are called to be those lights in the world, in in the darkness that is the world right now, in the darkness that has kind of found its way and creeped into the church. Each of us are called in a particular way to witness to the world around us. This can seem very abstract. This can seem very hard. This can seem very big. But where it's achieved is in your day-to-day life. So right now, who is one person this week that you know you're going to cross paths with? That you know needs to hear Jesus' name? Who's one person that you work with Who's one person that you come in contact with on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, that you know is going through something hard and needs a word of hope, needs a little bit of light in their life? Do you have the courage this week to share it? Do you have the courage this week to share that word, Jesus' name, the faith that we profess here? Do you have the courage to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer? 
Our world is starving for light. It's looking for light. May we be bold enough as we go forward from this Mass to be that light. Amen.